Welcome to the Intentional Influencer Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Meg. And we are the creators of the Intentional Influencer. Our mission through this podcast and everything we do is to create a nurturing space for women to gather, learn, and intentionally grow their influence as a community. This podcast is for you if you're a new business owner or creator, struggling to show up online in a way that feels authentic and genuine. Or maybe you already have an online presence and you haven't quite figured out how to turn your following into a full-time gig. We get you and we've been there. In this podcast, we'll cover topics ranging from navigating the overwhelming world of social media to establishing systems and structures that allow you to build a thriving business. We'll also touch on managing the emotional ups and downs of being an entrepreneur and finding a way to do what you love. So building a product and services suite or an offering suite is a really interesting process. And I think it kind of differs for every different business model. Um, you know, if you have an online shop and you're selling products, uh, the market you're pitching to the audience you're pitching to, uh, and the way you develop those products is going to be very different than someone who's a service provider and might be working one-on-one with clients. Uh, today, Meg and I really want to focus on service providers as that's the area of expertise we both come from. Um, and a lot of you are going to be online service providers as well in the influencer space, whether you're coaching, you're a photographer, uh, you're a yoga teacher, we're going to share some tips and tricks to building your offering suite that you can utilize today, right after listening to this podcast. So Meg, I want to pick your brain a little bit because your business is very different from mine. Um, What was it like for you when you initially started your coaching business? Were you kind of overwhelmed by all the the different opportunities of programs you could create? Or did you have a really clear idea of what you wanted to build for your audience right off the bat? Yeah, that's a really good question. I feel like I jumped in to what I thought I really didn't know how many options I had. So I guess I just kind of jumped into what I thought I should be doing, which was one-on-one coaching. And when I first started mentoring yoga teachers, I kind of just put it out online. And I was like, if anyone wants to do a mentorship program with me, I'm working one-on-one with people for about three months. And I slapped on like a price tag to that. And I kind of just learned along the way. I learned that there's so many different services, packages, things that you can offer. And um, I quickly pivoted to more of a group coaching style. And we can talk a little bit about why I did that. Because for me personally, doing the one-on-one coaching really burnt me out from a social perspective. It also turned out to not really be what my audience needed at the time. So for anyone who's just starting to put together a service suite, I would one, always consider your own energy, right? Um, What would it feel like to do one-on-one coaching? What would it feel like if you're a photographer to do hour-long sessions, three-hour long sessions, like all of these things, really considering yourself in them, and then really thinking about your ideal client. So a lot of my clients who are brand new yoga teachers building businesses, what they needed in addition to me helping them with strategy was community. They needed to know that there was other yoga teachers out there struggling with the same stuff and 
going through a business coaching program with other people turned out to be a lot more effective for my audience. So I think one, I do recommend like jump in with, with your ideas and get started. I don't regret doing one-on-one coaching, but I quickly learned that there's so many different unique offers that coaches and mentors and all of the different entrepreneurial paths that we can take. There's so much to offer. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, in the beginning, you kind of just throw something at the wall and, and see what sticks. And I don't knock that at all because we all learn from experience. So, you know, if you're going to do the one-on-one coaching route, you'll learn while you're in those sessions, like, oh, I'm an introvert and I'm getting an introvert hangover every time (laughs) I get off the phone with my clients, or I'm just feeling super drained. Like these are all cues you can take. Um, and that will help you kind of learn as you go to develop your ideal service, whatever that may be. And I think a lot of us start with too many things on the menu too. It sounds like you kind of had the one offering, Um, but I know what I see with photographers all the time and something I was definitely guilty of early on was trying to serve too many people. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so-and-so might need this or so-and-so might need that. So building various packages to accommodate, um, these different kind of mini subsets of audiences and selling my, not only selling myself too short, but pulling myself in too many different directions and not really focusing on what I wanted to be focusing on in my business. Um, and since we've met and worked together, my menu has changed drastically over the years. I think what I realize with people who are more experienced and, um, have been running their businesses for longer actually have fewer services on their menu. And this is because they know exactly what they want to do, who they want to do it with, why they want to do it, and how much they're worth. So they don't need to have, you know, five, six, seven different offerings. They could literally just have one, one or two, um, and make all of their income off of that. So it's funny. I feel like as we grow, you know, we continue to refine, we continue to understand our boundaries and essentially what our clients are needing from us. And as our ideal audience changes as well, these are, these things are going to change in addition to how we're changing. I think that's so true, Amanda. And, um, I want to talk about like offering quote unquote, too many things. Cause I don't think there's a magic number, but studies show that people are actually, they get really overwhelmed if they're given too many options. So I know for photographers, Like I've looked at photography websites and like Instagram pages and stuff. And there's a lot of, and this goes for like any service provider, like massage therapists, even like yoga studios will sometimes do this. Well, they'll, where they'll put like six different options, but then you also have the option to add something on, but also just reach out to me if you want to personalize this and it's overwhelming. And studies show that like two to three is kind of that magic number where like it's enough where people feel like they have options Um, but they're not feeling completely overwhelmed by like decision-making fatigue. So as the service provider, while it might feel like, oh, I want to give everyone the option so I can serve more people and like reach everyone's needs. The truth is, like Amanda said, you really only need one or two kind of core signature things and you can get creative and, and run specials and like put together custom packages and stuff like that. But I feel like there's so much benefit in people 
kind of knowing what your services are and being able to kind of ex- like know what to expect whenever they get to your website or get to your social media. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be overwhelmed by choices, but as a buyer, it is nice to have some choice, right? So you feel like you have some power in the relationship and the decision-making process. Um, I definitely had uh, more services and kind of like, I feel like too many options early on. Um, And that's because brand photography is interesting and that a lot of people are looking for subscriptions or continuous relationships. Um, But these things can also make, you know, everything more complicated from like the, the purchasing perspective or the investment perspective. Um, so what I've done over the years is just kind of like reduce and simplify things. I'm not like formally offering subscriptions on the menu, but if clients book more than one session within a year, I'll, I'll essentially just give them a discount on the following session is how I'm pitching it nowadays. That way people don't feel like locked into like, oh, I need to have like a session every quarter or X amount of sessions and get it on the schedule. Um, cause I've realized that people you know, people's marketing schedules change, their personal lives impact when they want photo sessions too. Um, so by locking things in at the start of the year, it doesn't always pan out in the end. So, you know, and I got the idea of subscriptions from other brand photographers, people who were doing that, and maybe it works for them and their clients in their area. Um, but it just wasn't working for the people that I had a relationship with. Um, so, I think a good tip there too is don't necessarily try and be a copycat. Early on, it's easy to see what other people are doing and take inspiration and pull ideas, but they've developed their services and their offerings for their specific audience. You might live in a completely different country or state. Um, You might be targeting people with different income levels, interests. So don't, don't take too many cues from others and really focus on your own needs and the needs of your own clients. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you touched on like, even just your language is a really big indication of how well, you know, your ideal client, which is, I think a really big part of starting a business, because like you said, like when people look for branding photographers, they usually want photos on a more consistent basis. That might not be the case for maybe like a maternity photographer, Right. So putting together your service suite or your product suite, even to really match what your audience needs and a really good place to start with that, I think is just asking people. And I think that can be tricky sometimes because especially for yoga teachers, which is like the the community that I work with, people think they want certain things that sometimes they don't. Right. A lot of people say they want pre recorded courses on things like Facebook ads or things like marketing, and then they never get to them. Um, but then that gives you information. How can you add in a service that provides a little bit more accountability, consistency, that kind of stuff? Like if I'm really trying to grow a brand, I'm going to start working with with a branding photographer and they offer a subscription-based package. I get to commit to myself and say, you know what? I'm doing this for the next six months. I'm going to have a photo shoot every month. That gives me the opportunity to be held accountable for something I say that I'm going to do as a um, as a new brand. So I would say like, if you're totally starting off brand new, throw a poll in your Facebook group or put a poll up on your Instagram story, 
ask people for feedback, even get on calls with people who you know are your ideal client, like friends and family and say, you know, out of these 10 things, what sounds the best to you? What feels like you would be something that you would sign up for? I think that's a really good place to start for people who are, who are just starting to put together their service suites. Yes, absolutely. Utilize the people you already have in your circle. You know, if it's just friends and family at this point, that's okay. You know, they know you, they know about your interests, and I'm sure you've told them about your business. Um, So that's always a great place to start, you know, and even if you have a small community or a small following, utilize the people who are already there, you know, post a poll, send out an email um, and beta test. I've been really into beta testing the past year. We've done it a lot at Brand Like Hers. Um, and it's kind of what I've been doing on the lowdown or behind the scenes with my clients too, um, with the photo and video business. Every time I'm thinking about offering a new service, uh, I essentially reach out to people who I've worked with consistently, clients who I really know and love and I have a good relationship with, and they're the first people I test things with. Um, so before like putting out an email blast or listing the service on my website, I'll shoot them an email and be like, hey, I'm thinking of adding this to the menu. Would you be interested in trying it out for a discounted rate? Um, So, you know, whether I'm adding like strategic coaching sessions and this year we just started adding video, that was how I've been able to build up the video portfolio and actually get some content that I can use for marketing is by offering clients I already know and love um, and experience and getting their feedback on it. So feedback is hugely important no matter what stage you're at, whether you're getting started or you're a couple years down the line or a seasoned business owner. It's how we grow and evolve and we serve our audiences and people appreciate it. You know, they, they know that we're not perfect. They know that we're human, that, you know, if we're trying to test out a new offering, it's not going to be like a hundred percent awesome right off the bat. There might be things that need to be tweaked. So absolutely, absolutely test things out before going straight to market. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think there's so much value in that. It can be scary at the beginning because everyone's afraid of getting negative feedback, which is so normal, but there's so much power in getting people validating your offer. Essentially is what we're talking about is validating your offer, which to me is two steps, asking people what they want and then seeing if their behavior matches that. So say for us over here at the intentional influencer, um, starting to think about launching a coaching program, asking our community what they would want inside of that, what, how they would want it to be structured, how many hours a week would they be willing to commit to, and then launching a beta version and seeing, okay, how many hours a week are people showing up to? How much of the work are they doing? What do we need to tweak? So listening to what people say, getting feedback, and also noticing people's behavior to our services and then not being afraid to change them, right? You're not married to the services that you put out just because you have it on your website. Doesn't mean that it can't change. That's part of the beauty of being a business owner is you have that creative freedom. Um, and things are going to shift and change as your business grows, right? As your community grows, as demand for your offers grow, you might start out with one-on-one coaching because your community is a little bit smaller Um, but maybe you get 10, 20 hot leads for one-on-one coaching and you decide that your time would be better spent doing a group coaching program or running, you know, certain packages for people and they can meet each other. So getting creative and like kind of being the architect of your 
services. And I don't want to say pivoting. I feel like pivoting has like a, like a, it, it implies like a big shift, but like making small tweaks along the way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's been a huge lesson for me too, is like the offer doesn't have to be perfect when you're launching it. My perfectionism has totally gotten in the way of me, um, for a long time. And I've, I've gotten better and better about it though. Um, but yeah, the offer doesn't have to be perfect from the get go, you know, launch it, test it, see what people like, don't like. Sometimes people will say they want something too, and then they show up and, you know, are not active participants, not super engaged and not really committed. So, I mean, that's a cue for you to realize like, okay, people are saying they want this, but it's not really what they need. You know, what do they need and how do I, how do I give that to them? Um, so ultimately, you know, that's what we're trying to do as service providers is, is solve our clients' problems. And sometimes they might think they have a certain problem, but then, you know, they sign up for the course or the, the program and they realize, oh, I, I did have that one problem. It was easier to solve than I thought, but I actually have all these other problems (laughs) that I really need help with. Um, so these testing processes can actually give you cues for, what my work is another service or program altogether as well. Yeah. And that was a huge lesson for me as well. Um, because you've seen my business grow and change a ton when I first, so I started with one-on-one coaching, like I said before, and then I jumped into group coaching and I exactly what you just described, Amanda, what people, the problems that they thought they had were completely different. So people, all these yoga teachers thought that they had like a marketing problem. They thought that their marketing wasn't good enough. Students weren't showing up to their classes um, because it was all a marketing problem. So I did a ton of workshops on marketing and marketing materials. And what it turned out to be was mostly confidence and mindset stuff. So the next time I ran the program, I brought on two teammates, one of which is a therapist, one of which was a high school teacher, teacher for 30 years. And it was a, we're able to do a lot more handholding now because there's three of us. We're able to work through people's mindset, confidence, so that they can actually get to the marketing stuff and do it and implement it and take action on it. So what people said they needed really wasn't what they needed. And so the next time I ran the program, I made adjustments and it's been amazing and it's been great for them. Um, so for those of you who are maybe like you have services, you want to scale those services, you want more clients, you want more people in, ask yourself, you know, really get honest with yourself about what problems people are coming to your services with, what you can help them with. And then also maybe what you can add into those services, take away from those services, like really get creative. Yes. And like you said, like a lot of people think they have a marketing problem but at the end of the day, it's like a business foundation or branding problem altogether or a confidence problem. A lot of us are scared to show up online and really put ourselves out there. So we kind of limit ourselves or filter ourselves and aren't really saying what we truly mean or think, which is what our clients are wanting to hear at the end of the day. Uh, and I think this is one of the reasons why we complement each other so well is because I have the branding piece and you really have the marketing piece. So when we sit down with somebody we can easily like pinpoint like, oh, like you're saying you have this problem, but let's really look through all your materials and everything you've done so far. There is a problem at the root here that we need to fix first before we can even get to this thing. Um, 
And I think, you know, especially as a newer business owner, we get really excited and we want to put ourselves out there right away. So we start marketing things before they're really workshopped and before they're fine-tuned and ready. Um, And imperfect action is always better than perfect action. But still, don't be afraid to like take that testing period to try things out, see what works before, you know, you start pitching one thing. And don't let it hurt your ego either. You know, I, I think that's, really key here is having tough skin. Um, part of the, the confidence comes with just being able to, to shake things off, you know, when something's not working, not necessarily taking it as a failure, but just processing it as information and as a tool for what you need to do moving forward. Yeah. There's a lot of vulnerability in this process. Um, and I think like, I was this way. I'm sure for you, Amanda, you've had your business for a lot longer, but like, I think a lot of people launch services and stuff and it's really vulnerable. They're putting themselves out there. Their friends and family see it. And it feels really hard then to take a step back, take inventory and change things. Cause you're like, well, everyone saw that I launched this one thing and now I'm doing this other thing. But the truth is like the first couple of years of business, you're going to be changing up your menu, shifting things around. Like it's, it's totally normal. And just being really aware of, you mentioned your perfectionism tendencies, uh, your perfectionist tendencies, Amanda. Uh, I think people pleasing comes into this a lot too. People realize that they're people pleasers. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to um, confuse anyone, offend anyone if they raise their prices, stuff like that. Um, So really being aware when those things come up, because this is just as much of a mindset exercise as it is like a business exercise. And it's something that I've worked on a lot in my business too. Like reminding myself that like, if I, if I change things up, the truth is like, most people don't care. Um, they care because they want to support me, but they're not going to be like crazy confused or judge me in any way. And it can feel really vulnerable going through that process. Yes, it is super vulnerable and it can be emotional and draining and frustrating. Um, My recommendation is always to like, you know, take a break when you need it, take time to process things. It's okay. Like people aren't going to hate you for taking some time away um, and coming back and bringing something even more powerful to the table. We all need that, that time to re-energize and, you know, serve our clients even better than we did before. Um, I think for me, like the perfectionist tendencies are mainly what tends to, to hinder me. But like you said, there, there are other components to it. Um, the confidence is a big one. And I think part of it is just taking yourself seriously. You know, if a lot of business owners start by just dabbling, they might have a full-time job or another part-time job that's supporting them. So it doesn't feel like you have to be all the way in yet, but the reality is, is this, if this is something you want to do full-time. If you want to leave all your other work behind, you got to take this seriously and you got to stand up for yourself and what you want. You know, this is your living. This is your lifestyle you're creating. This is your happiness at the end of the day. Um, so it's nothing to play around with. Right. Um, so charge that freaking expensive price, um, limit your services, narrow your client list. Like, it is okay to prioritize what is important to you and, and do what's best for you and your audience. Um, 
And, you know, you can't help everyone. You just can't at the end of the day. So let that shit go. That's so true. And remembering that everyone who has built a business has been in your shoes. They've been fighting for that first client. They've been fighting for that, you know, first five clients. They've been having hard conversations about price and standing firm in their prices. Um, Everyone goes through that. Whatever illusion social media has given you that it's easy and people just you know, magically snap their fingers and have businesses, everyone has to take that first step and have that first conversation and put up that first service. Um, So, I mean, I think, what are you waiting for? Do it sooner rather than later. If I hadn't launched my one-on-one and then launched my group and then changed my group program, I wouldn't be where I am now. If I had waited even just like six months, I'd be doing that right now. And I'd be... um, you know, there's just, there's no reason to wait. If you have an idea, start, start a Google doc and start flushing it out right now. Um, the last thing I kind of want to touch on Amanda, and I feel like you have a lot of experience with this and probably some really good ideas. What, what would you tell someone who feels like, well, what would make my services any different? Like, why would someone come to me as a massage therapist as opposed to this person who's been a massage therapist for 10 years? How can I make my services stand out and make them unique? Yes. Well, I love that you use the massage therapist as <laughs> the example because I am a massage connoisseur and I've been to lots of massage therapists over the years. And there are experiences that are very different, right? I um, used to go regularly to a massage therapist that worked at my chiropractor's office because it was covered by insurance. And it was a very bare bones experience. Like the ambiance wasn't necessarily there. Like it was a very plain room. Um, you know, there, there it wasn't a luxury experience. Whereas if you go to a really nice organic spa, you might be getting like top quality products that are on the market. They might do like a custom essential oil blend or do a meditation at the beginning. There are all sorts of ways you can cater the experience, um, that are unique to you and your interests and your clients' interests that will set you apart. And at the end of the day, like, especially for us in-person service providers, there's something about your energy and your personality that really makes a difference and draws people to you. You know, if people like you, if they're attracted to your aura and your spirit and they feel comfortable and safe with you, they're going to go to you versus somebody that, you know, might actually be able to get in deeper with the massage or has like, you know, more years of training. Sometimes that stuff doesn't matter. It's all about the experience you're providing and how you're connecting and really making a difference in someone's life. Mm, So true. It's the little things. Yes. And something, and we're going to talk about this in future episodes. We can't deep dive into it now, but price is not the only reason people choose things. I like hear this from clients all the time. They're like, well, this person's been doing it for 10 years. So I'm just going to slash my price. And then hopefully that means that I'll get more clients. The truth is that is not the only factor. People care about the little things, the little details, like Amanda just described. And this goes for any industry, right? Like I've worked with photographers. I've mentioned this before, but I've worked with other photographers, but the experience that Amanda creates is it matches me and my personality perfectly. I've also worked with other photographers who are great and they do different things and they like create a completely different experience, but 
I think what's really important is tapping into what your superpowers are, right? Like the things that shine through about your personality, really letting those come through in your services, because that's, what's going to set people apart. Um, there's other business coaches that work with yoga teachers. Um, there's other podcasts, right? There's always going to be someone else doing the same thing as you, but there's only one you. Yes. Only one you. And I mean, it's the same way we pick friends, right? Sometimes we don't even know why we're drawn to somebody. We just vibe with them. There's just that connection right off the bat. I think it's the same exact thing in business. I mean, that might be the the one thing that pushes someone over the edge and chooses you over the next person. So don't be afraid to be yourself, to, you know, let your personality shine in everything that you do and just trust the process. If you love this episode and you're just getting started on your business journey, download our free influencer starter kit at theintentionalinfluencer.com. You can also sign up for our email alerts or follow us on social media to stay up to date with new offers, exclusive launches, and free events. And last but not least, no matter what season you're in, remember that your story matters and your influence has the power to impact others. Keep going. We believe in you.